0: Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? The show where I will uncover the stories of domestic abuse survivors. I'm your host, Maya Hoover. Hey guys, and welcome to What Was Her Name? Today I'm interviewing my therapist, Dr. Carl Russell. He is a pastor, therapist, and also used to work in law enforcement. Um, I actually heard about Dr. Russell uh, before he became my therapist. Um, I had called him up and was curious about his knowledge surrounding domestic violence. He works primarily with trauma survivors in helping calm the central nervous system through practices such as cognitive therapy and EMDR. Um, And so this episode is going to actually be split up into two different topics. Um, This week's episode, we're talking about the Father's heart on abuse. Um, I think that this, Dr. Carl, you were the first Christian male I'd heard say to me, God doesn't condone abuse. And um, you got me curious about what that means and what that looks like. And uh, that's really where I started to repair my relationship with God again. Um, so if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, and then we can get started.
1: Well, I'm Dr. Carl Russell, and I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor here in Albuquerque, uh, in New Mexico. I also pastor, and I still pastor bivocationally, but I pastored full-time for, oh, about 20 years. and. As you said, I've done some police work. So I've seen domestic violence from all those sides, plus I grew up in it. My dad was, uh, was an abuser, and uh, at one point he put my mom in, in a hospital, mm. and that was uh, pretty traumatic for me to see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious if um, you've always had this viewpoint on abuse uh, in such that there's not necessarily... A super gray area like if you feel like it's like your experiences with your mom and your dad that shaped maybe the viewpoint you have now or was there a particular experience in your career that shaped you and your mindset
1: uh from the very first um i knew that it was wrong Mm-hmm. It's just evil i don't care how anybody else puts a slant on it it's just downright evil
2: right.
1: it's never all right right to abuse somebody
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there there and like i said there there's there's just no 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 excuse for it at all mm-hmm. um as a pastor i've had numerous women that have been in my church that have come and confided in me that their husband was abusing them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: in fact, one of them I was bivocational as pastor and and police officer and and I went and arrested my own church member and put him in jail for it Wow no wow. no i i don't uh, don't put up with it yeah but um as a counselor, I can't tell you my how many women i've had in in my practice. That came in and were talking about the abuse and and they found out i was christian they said well i talked to my pastor and what did your pastor say well my pastor told me if i would just submit he he'd quit beating me Mm. how did it work out well it didn't yeah no it's it's not going to work out because the abuse is not your fault
2: Mm
1: -hmm. he makes a choice
2: Mm.
1: and this is this is huge um years ago when I was in the police department, I arrested a guy for beating his wife. And all the way to the jail, he kept telling me, it's not his fault. She made him do it. I should arrest her. Hmm. And I I asked the question, to, uh, so you have a job? Yeah. You have a boss? Yeah. Boss ever make angry? Well, yeah. You ever beat up your boss? Hmm. Well, no. So how is it you can control beating up your boss, but you can't control beating up your wife? Right. No, it's 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 an excuse,
0: right? Well,
1: so the, these women that have come to me, they've also said they've been to their pastor, and again, you know, if you submit, or someone said well, what 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 you were told, you have to repair the uh, the relationship.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it always takes two, it doesn't take just one. Right. And um, a common thing I'll hear from men is, well, you know what the Bible says. You know wives submit to your husband's. they're confusing. We've got all these different words. we need to look at each one of them. Right. There's submission, and then there's domination. Hmm. yeah, and then there's um authority and capitulation, hmm. and those are four different things. See a lot of times when guy is talking about wives submit to your to your husband. This is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter five, verse twenty-two. It says, "Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord." But the word submission—you look it up—it's in the Greek, and what it really means is this: is a person who, by their own free will, makes a choice to submit to some rightful authority. That's all it is. When men are beating their wives and, 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 and saying this is what it, what it means, is they've confused submission with domination.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: They want to dominate their wife. They want to dominate uh, spouse or children, girlfriend. You know, One of the biggest parts about domestic violence is it's about power and control. You know, this guy just wants ultimate power and control over a person. He wants to control what they think, what they feel, what they say, what they do. Um, in addition to all that other stuff about domestic violence, I um, served as chairman of the board of two domestic violence programs in our state and helped get start, helped start one of them, Roberta's Place in in, uh, in Grants, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so I've worked a lot with victims of domestic violence and with staff that work with, uh, with the victims as well. And a common thing is that uh, domestic violence is about power and control. That's primarily. There's also times that domestic violence is a matter of what the guy would perceive as revenge. But for whatever reason, this is somebody that just want to dominate somebody. So, you know, this is not submission. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: They're wanting to dominate, and the woman is supposed to just capitulate. What that means, she just gives up. Mm -hmm. I mean, what is she going to do? If she stays, she gets beat. If she leaves, He's going to try to beat her. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's true that a lot of times when a woman is trying to leave... Her husband tells you, "You're trying to leave me. I'll kill you,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that is the most da- dangerous time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, again, submission is something we of our own free will choose to do to submit to some authority. Now, when we're talking about an authority, let's look at the rest of this chapter. It says, "Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what that means. Christ is authority over the church, but what that means is for good, for love,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for grace, mercy, compassion. You know, Jesus never slapped anybody. He yeah. never hit anybody. Yeah, And, you know, uh, I had a woman tell me not very long ago that um, she wouldn't mind submitting to her husband if he knew, if she knew he loved her, and cared for her and would always be there to watch her back
2: mm-hmm. and
1: would never, never forsake her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what authority is. Authority is supposed to be there for our benefit,
2: right.
1: not our control. That's the difference.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Men beat for power and control. But authority is there to benefit. We have authority with our children. Mm-hmm. Because we're there to protect them. Any man worth assault is there to protect his wife, not harm her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Does that answer that?
0: It does. Mm-hmm. Would you say that pertains to like uh, psychological and emotional abuse as well?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all, it's all the types same. of abuse. Absolutely, it's it's the same. It's physical, emotional, sexual, psychological. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another form of abuse called environmental. What is that? Okay, where like um, one time, uh, this lady walked into town, mm-hmm. came to the police station, and she had walked uh, out of her ranch, actually hitchhiked, got to town, and reported that her that her husband, when whenever he left in the morning, he would take the telephone. So she had, had no contact with the outside world, and they, they only had one vehicle. yeah, uh, he did all the grocery shopping, he did everything, and she was not allowed to go to town, she wasn't allowed to go to church, she wasn't allowed to go shopping. she just was stuck staying at home.
0: Mm-hmm. It's definitely really interesting, I think, like even i've never heard of that form of abuse, but like when I lived in europe um I obviously didn't have a car and I didn't have any way to really get around. and then there was the language barrier and he did most of the things. and so that's really interesting because I feel like I was it was driving me crazy naturally. Um, so that's a very interesting form of I've never heard of that but
1: yeah see this is, this is what the problem. Is. Many churches and church groups mm-hmm. can get into this thing of control. And again, that's not about submitting because if they're wanting to control what you think, what you feel, what you do, where you go, all of the, 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 the these other things right. that's that's again it's a form of domination
0: mm-hmm.
1: Now each and every person has a right to their thoughts mm-hmm. to their feelings and to their to their beliefs i uh, I hear periodically. <laughs> This and this comes up many times because I'll hear periodically, oh, "You shouldn't think that way. You shouldn't feel that way." And and the message is always, clear to the other person? You mean I'm not a right? I don't have a right to my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs?" Yeah, you shouldn't think that way. You should be, you should think more like well, what they do. Mm-hmm. And so this is what people do. They want to control. Other people's thinkings, feelings, and believing. Mm -hmm. And that's just not what's happening. What we have in the scripture is clear. Everybody has their thoughts, their feelings, and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And nobody should be forcing anybody to feel something. Right.
0: So Pastor Carl, could you give us like an idea of what are um what are where is like a line a line to draw of like, okay, this is like is a godly submission and where is the line where maybe individuals who find themselves like already in a marriage and it may be toxic and unhealthy and they're having a hard time drawing the line between like I am called to submit to my husband versus like this is teetering towards abuse? Like, where would you say that? What are some examples of ways where submission can be, like, misused for life wife in marriage?
1: If I understand the correct question properly, anytime there is an unconditional demand mm-hmm. on some feeling, some thought, some belief, uh, and it's not open for a discussion.
2: Hmm.
1: Like, if you don't have a say in something. Right. That, that would be a red flag for me.
2: Hmm.
1: See, in a relationship, yeah, you know, we like to have certain agreements in our beliefs and thoughts, but we certainly cannot tell a person what they're supposed to feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And, and, but I get this periodically. I want her to feel what I'm feeling, or I want him to feel what, what I'm feeling. It's never going to happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Men and women are just two different uh, creatures. Now, we have similar feelings, but we may not have the same feelings on the same things all the time.
2: Correct.
1: Right. And just like our thoughts and our beliefs. Well, God created you as an individual. He didn't create you as a couple. And so each person has a right to their own thoughts and their own own beliefs.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Of course, beliefs are best if they've been examined. Thoughts are best if they've been examined by some rational standard instead of just making some thought or belief up and, and, and going with it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, there is helpful thoughts, and then there's bad thoughts but anytime somebody is trying to dominate and say this is the way things are going to be and this is not negotiable right that's no that's a that's a red flag where we can start drawing lines in the sand is going to be about behavior
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know if a uh, husband and wife are, are getting into it uh, and they're having an argument mm-hmm. Well they need to have a way to calm things down because once they cross a line and get into a physical confrontation, now there's a line that has been crossed that should never be never be crossed, and I've seen both men and women do this
2: mm-hmm.
1: so uh behavior is how you and I will treat each other right i I believe that. If we will all treat the other person with kindness, love, value, dignity, and, and, and respect, it should be on the other person's part to reciprocate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, often I'll ask somebody, "Do you want to be treated with dignity and respect?" Well, of course. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask the other person, do you want to be treated with dignity and respect? Of course. Do either one of you feel that? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's going on? Mm-hmm. They both want it, but neither one of them were feeling it. Right. And one of the reasons, is that's when we have to sit down and start talking about what do each of them mean by dignity and, and, and respect. Mm-hmm. So the behaviors... How we talk to each other, how we treat each other, are we kind, are we gracious? You know, a guy that goes home at the end of the day and, you know, just plops down on the couch, grabs a beer and watches TV and won't help the wife at all. Hmm, you know, that may be something that they're fine with. And if both of them are happy with it, it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's an agreement. But if the wife is tired right. and she keeps asking for help and he refuses, says, well, that's women's work, mm-hmm. well, you've got this male um, you know, chauvinism thing going on. Right. But marriage is supposed to be a partnership.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really liked what you said about um Submission versus domination because I think that those two do really get mixed up, and I think that that's why, like, I feel like many people fear the idea of submitting to someone because they have this misconception about what submission actually is, and like the design that God had for it is for it to be good and to be beautiful, Um, but people either misunderstand the idea of what submission looks like and end up dominating their wife um, or you see it happen throughout like you know the way that a father treated a mother or whatever it may be and then we sort of get these false perceptions of like what what um, submission looks like and um, so I think it's a really beautiful thing to talk about like what the idea submission looks like and that it isn't something to be afraid of but when used correctly can be really beautiful um. so I have a question um, we can figure out how to edit this part out but I want to talk about why like I want to talk about how like in people say pastors will say like well if like did he hate you if he didn't hit you or if he didn't cheat on you, then like you have to stay married to him, like you shouldn't get divorced. I know this is a sticky topic, but um I get a lot of women in my inbox literally every day who are like, I'm in church and my pastor told me to stay, I don't know what to do, and they are just like, you know, bombarded with guilt and shame. What do you mm-hmm. think about that?
1: Well, sometimes the church hasn't been everybody's friend. Um mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. But Jesus does say, except you know, uh, you know that uh, the only reason for a divorce is uh, in case of uh, uh, marital infidelity.
2: Okay? Mm-hmm.
1: But what constitutes infidelity? Well, we want to call it classify it only as sexual. And in the strictest sense, you, you, you absolutely can. But when you look at what Paul had just said, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church it's on the man to be loving and gracious and 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 and, and protecting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, the old standard wedding vows come out of the Episcopal Book of Prayer having a whole from this day forward for better for worse for richer or all of those vows okay? mm-hmm. now at what at what point has a man broken his vow any time he broke any of those
2: mm-hmm.
1: if he so if um if he is beating her or if he's slandering her if he's threatening her he's he, he's uh he's uh, putting fear into her mm-hmm. uh any of those things no it, it it's my belief uh, and I know other people would argue with me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I'll dare any pastor. I'll challenge any pastor. Uh, if their daughter was in a relationship in which they were being abused, if their if their um, pastor father would tell them, "Well, you just need to stay,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: no. If I, I've got a granddaughter. I didn't have any girls, but if I, my granddaughter was married, I would be very upset mm-hmm. if I found out she was being put down, abused physically, emotionally, in any possible way. Mm-hmm. It's just wrong. Right. No, we're we're here to protect uh, in order to keep the vows, You know we want to we want to. Touch one thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's what people want to do. They want to be very bioptic, uh, keeping the vows by not committing adultery. Okay? Um, but what about all the other vows?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: To have to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and health.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are they not vows? Each one of those vows were made before God. Mm-hmm. To each other and before everybody that was in the audience. Mm-hmm. Amen. So for me, breaking any of those
2: vows mm-hmm. is breaking the vows. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You said something that um, you said that, like, if you would challenge a pastor that, like, if they had a daughter, like, would they say, like, stay in the abusive relationship? Um, And I had had, like, a phone call with a pastor here in Albuquerque and with his wife. And I remember telling her, you know, spitballing my story. And then she asked me that one question, like, has he hit you? And I remember feeling immediately discouraged because I was like, no, he hasn't. Um, I have all of these other examples, but I don't have that one thing, which is, like, I don't have a a bruise or I don't have any proof of, you know, him hitting me. And, um, she said to me, like, if it were my daughter, I would tell her to leave. But since he hasn't hit you, it's a gray area. And I really genuinely thought like when I finally made the decision to leave that I had to leave God and had to leave my faith because I was deciding to leave my marriage. And I know there's a lot of people who left an abusive marriage and really struggle. Um, with their faith Mm -hmm. now, what would you say to people who are listening Mm -hmm. who have left and don't feel, they do feel that shame?
1: Well, again, sometimes the church is not everybody's friend. Mm -hmm. You know, and and this is not the church, okay? This is an individual congregation Mm -hmm. or an individual pastor. Right. Okay? It's these people that they don't have a full grasp. You said you were never hurt. No, you were hit. You had lots of bruises. Right. But they were psychological bruises.
0: Mm.
1: And actually, I'll tell you, I've had a number of women that I've worked with who have been both verbally and physically abused, and I've actually had a couple of them say, you know, I could take a slap. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'd rather have that than all those horrible words. Right. Those words... You know, a slap stings the skin, or we get a black eye. Mm -hmm. But the deep psychological damage and the spiritual damage, those go deeper and they affect us more profoundly. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And so, no, it is important that no matter what anybody says, no matter what church, no matter what pastor, if you are in abusive uh, relationships, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, if you feel that you're being degraded, that or that you're being put in fear, uh, and there's lots of we- lots of reasons. We'll get into this at a different session on why women tend to stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no matter what that is you are not to be a target.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not a punching dummy either for physical or verbal assault.
0: Mm-hmm. What so um, what would you say to someone so I know that like as Christians we're called to forgive and it's like giving grace 7 times 70 and I feel like that can become a um, like unhealthy cycle when you know you extend that grace and then the behavior doesn't actually change though and um, I think it can get really sticky and so I guess my question is like if someone's in an abusive relationship or just like a really unhealthy toxic one and the husband comes and says like I am sorry like I'm like repenting of you know my behavior. Um, She forgives him, but then doesn't really truly see real change. What is she supposed to do? Walk away? Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I'm trying to say?
1: I have an idea what what what, what you're trying to say. Um, James, um, I was doing a little uh, research, and there was a guy by the name of James Barnett. Mm -hmm. Um, He has a um, LinkedIn post on domestic violence, he calls it uh, the yo-yo effect.
2: Mm.
1: And what a woman will do is she'll get out of the relationship. Uh, she'll threaten to divorce. You know, um, She walks away. She separates or she kicks him out of the house or whatever it is. And you know, then he'll do this, I'm so sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Give me another chance, I'll never do it again. I don't know what got into me. He'll mm-hmm. send her flowers or or uh, candy or something like like that. And mm-hmm. and so she'll take him back and you know, within a little while, next thing you know, it's right back at it. It's in the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, it'll happen again and sure enough. It, it'll be the same thing. They, they get separated. she goes uh, her own separate way uh, and then he starts contacting her, please come back i i I know what happened to, uh, this time, and I'm gonna fix it and and so she goes back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, the average. Uh, what the research is on that is a woman like a, a, in a marriage or a situation like that with a man like, like that, mm-hmm. she'll go back about seven times. Right. And then something about the eighth time is like, hmm, you know what? I don't think the guy's going to actually change.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, in terms of forgiveness, absolutely. Forgiveness is a choice that we make. To let go. And I can tell you horror story after horror story of somebody who absolutely would not let go. They held on to that bitterness and that anger and that hatred, and it it ruined them.
2: Mm.
1: I mean, that kind of bitterness, uh, unforgiveness has been related to eating rat poison, then expecting uh, the rat to die. Mm. No. But that doesn't mean we have to trust again. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is what's the chances of this person really changing?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, at some point, you know, you've given him seven chances. If he hasn't changed now, he's not going to. Mm -hmm. See, relationships again are based upon trust. Right. If we can't trust, I mean, you can forgive. But forgive does not mean we have to trust them again. Right. That's a very different thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, forgiving. But don't put yourself in a trust position again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that answer that?
0: Yeah, no, 100%. Um, So, how can, like how can we as Christians um, not condone abuse? I know that there are people in the church that unintentionally condone it and they don't realize that they are condoning abuse. Um, Like I've personally learned, like, you know, there were definitely periods of time where like I was naive, Um, but I think that only takes you so far until there's sort of just this like, ignorance that is carried and you just don't care to really know or don't really care to learn and so i just i just am naturally surrounded around um a lot of christians like i'm still a believer obviously um and i have um pastors and people who ask me they're like help me to learn and to be better because i have someone in my church who's coming forward about abuse or a child teenager you know whose father is abusive, or whatever it may be and they don't know how to handle certain situations and so i guess like for people listening who are believers who um, have not experienced abuse but are just here to learn um what do you think would be ways for christians like if someone's coming to them and um, asking for advice and they see that there is abuse going on um, how can they respond in a way that is like glorifying a god but isn't like Condoning or sending a woman right back into the abuse, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I really don't believe that most, of the vast majority of people in a church condone violence of any sort.
2: Hmm.
1: What it is, is there's this prejudice, uh, and that prejudice uh, goes pretty deep. Mm-hmm. One of the prejudices is, is is you know we already see it. Women whose husband committed uh, adultery, mm-hmm. and uh, they and they they got a um, a divorce. Even divorcees are looked down upon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not nobody does it on purpose, but it's obvious that many places they're treated like second class, you know people. Mm-hmm. Uh, And again, nobody does this on purpose. It just comes out that that way. uh, And then, so a woman who's been abused, you know, they have this idea many times like, well, you know, if she'd submit, he wouldn't be doing that to her. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And now especially if they're going to a church where he's looked up to and everybody likes him because he's so charming and everybody looks up to him and says, well, what in the world is that wife doing to him?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah they'll blame her right uh the other problem is for for domestic violence is and this happens all of the time. I get the question: why does she stay mm-hmm. What's the deal? If she didn't want to be abused, why does she stay i mean instead of asking why does the abuser, they ask, why does she stay right well. I mean, the answers are complicated. There are thousands of uh, of different, you know, where does she go? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What's her financial security? Right. What about the kids, you know? A failed marriage. Uh, And, and of course, a lot of times with physical abuse, there's also verbal abuse. Nobody will have you. You're worthless. You're no good. You're an idiot. Mm -hmm. You'll never amount to anything. You can't get a job, you know. And he gets her convinced. Right. And many times with with abuse, there's low uh, Mm self-esteem, low sense of self-value. And he tries to convince you, nobody's going to have you. So there's lots of reasons why it's very hard to leave. Mm -hmm. And of course, as mentioned earlier, a lot of guys will absolutely threaten, you ever try to leave me, I'll kill you.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Or I'll kill the children. I've actually heard men say things like that.
0: Right. So just like circling back really quick, so what would you say to Christians who, how can like we respond to people who are encountering abuse in a way that isn't just like sending them right back into an abusive relationship?
1: Well, everything rises and falls on leadership. hmm it's going to take somebody in leadership in the church, perhaps the pastor uh, or other church staff member, mm-hmm. to do an awareness. Uh, every year in my church, we do domestic violence awareness.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In fact, I'm already planning what, what my next one is, in which what I'll do is I'll use Scripture and I'll, I'll, I'll teach on various aspects of what abuse does to a person and how we we can fight it. But the number one thing is awareness. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We have got to quit sweeping it under the rug. And many churches have done that. We're not going to talk about that. They don't want it to come out.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But it's there. Considering one in three or one in four, depending on which research you you look at, one in three or one in four, all women, all adult women, will have been abused at some point in their life. Mm -hmm. Well, that that statistic is not just out in the world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's everywhere. Right. It's even in the church. Yeah. So making an awareness, taking a stand, abuse is wrong, period. Mm -hmm. Offering resources of hope. Abusers can be uh, a redeemed if they want. the The problem that you see, and I know I've seen it a lot, is the the guy's an abuser, and the wife will say, "Let's go to marriage counseling." Oh, absolutely not! You're the crazy one, not me. I don't need help. You're the one that needs all the help. Right? Yeah. Well, if he, unless he's willing to go, no. I do a domestic violence uh, program. Uh, when I have a group in which it usually takes a minimum of thirteen to fourteen sessions before some of these men will actually come to acknowledge, maybe I am a problem.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: No, they're they're convinced it's all her fault. Mm-hmm. So, but you no know, awareness, offering resources. Saying we can, we can fix this together. You know, the idea that society is someday going to pick itself up from the bootstraps, and all abuse and all unkindness and all this stuff is just magically going to go away.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's not so. Mm-hmm. People, as individuals, have to change Right. for society as a whole to change.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. And I feel like it's definitely a really uncomfortable topic. And so I think a lot of people don't know where they stand and don't have a grasp on like submission or on forgiveness. And so I think it's really important, like what you were just talking about, like being able to dissect like, okay, what is really submission and what is not? And what is just, like, an authority or, like, a, a what did you say, a domination.
1: Domination. Maybe
0: dominating versus, like, a true golly submission or, like, what is forgiveness and then what, where is the line where you draw? Um, you don't have to trust that person. And I think just having awareness, like, within churches um, and also just, like you said, individually starting with yourself and really really understanding what those passages mean so that if you're faced with somebody who um, is a survivor or who is currently encountering abuse, you are more well-equipped to answer these questions because they're hard questions, they're sticky questions, and they're uncomfortable and difficult. But um, like you said, like they're happening in the church today, they're not just happening outside of the church walls. Okay, My last question for you is just what would you say to somebody listening who may have walked away from the church or maybe they're still going to church but they feel really hurt by people who have let them down, what would you say to them? People who have let them down within the church.
1: Find another church. Hmm. Not all churches, not all leaders do this. Yeah. Um, if you feel that you're being... Um, Treated second class. If you feel that your concerns and your pain are not being heard, keep in mind this: none of that is of God. Mm-hmm. And we have to ask the question: What would Jesus say to somebody who was getting getting abused? Well, they'd probably speak to the abuser.
2: Right.
1: But uh, if you're in a church in which there, it's it's toxic for you, there. And they're not believing you, or they're not helping you, depending on what you're going to uh, determine as help. You know, churches um, should be there to be that that rock for you, to to be that heart for you, somebody to hold you, somebody to let you cry, somebody to hear you, and somebody to validate what's going on in in, in your life. And not minimize it. If you're not getting that, there's other churches that are good and loving and gracious. Yeah. many of them, if not most of them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, it, you know, sometimes there's this there's this idea that is, uh, I've had a number of women that have come to the idea. Well, I know what the problem is. All men are abusers. They're all beasts. Mm. I've heard that yeah you know, sometimes we get the same idea that all churches are corrupt like that
0: mm.
1: and it's not true
0: yeah I think it's like just like a full circle moment being able to do this episode just because like uh, I remember googling like am I gonna go to hell for getting a divorce because I was so afraid and I just had heard so many wild things from pastors and mentors. And and then I came across a woman who was on one of our, actually one of our last seasons. Um, and she talked about her own testimony, but she had this YouTube video. And on the video, she was talking about how, like, essentially, you know, God, like, hates abuse. And I remember that was the first time I'd ever felt like, okay, maybe, like, I... Did make the right decision to leave my like abusive husband, and God isn't angry with me or mad at me. And um, I just would like watch that YouTube video and find, you know, a grain of peace in that season of like unfamiliarity. And I lost pretty much like my whole spiritual. You know community christian community during that time there was a lot of people that did side with him because he was like a public figure and very well liked mm-hmm. um and then you know the mentors and spiritual leaders obviously didn't stand for like uh divorce under the circumstances that we were in so they uh they like didn't talk to me anymore and so i had really found myself like super hurt by the church and really hurt by like pastors but specifically like male leaders in the church and so pastor carl you've just been somebody for me that's really redeemed a lot and to be able to record an episode with you and originally like i just reached out to you because i wanted to get your voice on the podcast and your wisdom but then now like to come like I mean, it's, we've had like how many sessions? Lots of sessions. And you've helped me tremendously in my healing. And so it's just so full circle to be able to just so confidently understand the Father's heart around this subject and to be able to put it up on a podcast for others to hear. Um, and I really hope that it starts to get you to ask questions for the people who are listening who may have had a different stance before and also heal the wounds in people where they have been hurt by an individual who may just have not understood scripturally like what the context is and you know you've been hurt by the church like I just hope that it starts to like get everybody's wheels turning um and I'm just really grateful for you Pastor Carl for for coming on and sharing all of your wisdom with us because it's, it's helped me a lot and I know it's going to help more people listening to this today. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, well, tune in next Thursday for the next episode and we'll see you then. Thanks, guys.